Welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. Uh, If you've never listened to this show before, this is a show where I, your host, Connor McCabe, I also never introduce myself, so this is a special thing for this episode, I will bring on a guest, a friend of mine, to talk about a video game from their past that they love, and we talk about what they love about it. Not We get into not only what is great about the game or what they remember loving about playing that specific game, the parts they loved, but we also get into um, the context of when they played it, what was special to them about that, and what they uh, remember and feel like sharing. Um, a little bit of housekeeping up top. Uh, you can visit us at our website at callmebyyourgame.com. There we have uh, all of these episodes listed as well, some more information about us, uh, the video elements for the show when we had video elements. Um, you can check those out there. If you want to uh, support the show and you're a listener, you, you're you enjoying what you've been hearing, a few ways you can do that are uh, rating us and reviewing us in the Apple Podcast Store. That helps our visibility. The more people who are searching for video game podcasts out there who may not know us, if they see reviews uh, and, and scores for a certain show, they're more likely to listen to it. So if you're out there and you've got a few minutes of your time, please go ahead and give us a review. And more importantly, share us with someone who you know loves video games or maybe even loves the specific game we're talking about today. That's it for the housekeeping. We're going to go ahead and get into what's really fun about the show, and that's someone other than myself. So please give a warm welcome, uh, I guess cheer out there, whether you're listening at home or whatever you're doing, for our guest, Joan Ford. Welcome, Joan. Hi, Connor. Thank you for having me. You bet. And and thank you for sitting through uh, my big opening up top. You're so patient. I'm oh. such a great guest already. <laughs> oh, no. My pleasure. I like a good, clean intro at the top of a podcast. I don't like, like I, you know, hold off guests. Let the, let, let the host <laughs> get their, their housekeeping out of the way and then come in. It's like, a, you know, be a polite guest. Um, whether you, I mean, oh, I somebody's like- house or somebody's podcast, I believe in being a polite guest. <laughs> I love it. You, you're earning some real brownie points Ooh. with me right now i love it i want i can't um, i want those that's what i mean yeah oh, i want a little uh well, ba- i want them. a little uh merit badge for being a good podcast guest we'll, we'll put a little uh indication in the show description for thank you, you. That yeah work? yeah yeah no i'm cool. but i'm making a sash for myself of all the of all the podcasts <laughs> i've been on and of what you know if Ooh, i the merits i've gotten the the so yeah so that's something i'm doing for myself too i'm gonna wear it around Ooh, once I- it's i've gotten all my merits that is truly a bit that I could dive into so further because it seems like such a real thing someone could do. Why not? <laughs> it's, this is I the know. time, I think. Make your, like, yeah, make a little, like, podcast, uh, uh, pod scouts. We should be, uh, yeah, we could all be pod scouts. There we are. We yeah. found it on the show. We're pod yeah. scouts. Welcome to pod awesome. scouts. Um, well, see, Joan, I know you a little bit, but for those of you out there who don't know Joan, Joan is a TV writer, improv juggernaut, and half of the dynamic comedy duo of Red and Yellow. Yeah, it's, I'll so take that's t- my little, I always do a little intro for the guests, so that's yours. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll take two of those accolades. I don't know if I'd call myself an improv juggernaut, uh, because I've, 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 I, I kind of gave up on the, uh, once I, I got more into sketch, I kind of gave up on the improv train a little bit. I jumped, I jumped off that train. So I never, I never made it to like, you know, uh, Harold Knight, like you did, Oh, thank you. But hey, you know what? If anyone's ever seen you perform at Mock Improv, they might disagree because you're pretty incredible. Uh, I appreciate that. And I, so, yeah, so the rest the rest of the Mock cast is what you're saying. <laughs> all 40 of us or whatever. Yeah, all 40 of us. Um, and then like one random person who wanders in uh, every once in a truly. while. Yeah, uh, we know who, we know those people. Yeah. Um, well, and first off, thank you so much for doing the show. I'm really no excited problem. to talk to you about... Um, so much. Um, the first thing, though, I do want to get out up top is the game we are going to be talking about today is DuckTales for the NES. Yes. So Ooh, pretty excited yeah. about that. Um, I'll go ahead and, and I'm just going to go ahead and share um, some game history and context. So like I said earlier, feel free to interrupt me or share at any time, but I'm just going to kind of roll into it. Go um, on. DuckTales. 
for the NES is an action platformer video game developed and published by Capcom in 1989, and it is based on the popular Disney animated series. Uh, Key producers from the Mega Man series actually produced this game, which is why it has such a similar uh, feel and art style to the original Mega Man games on the NES. I believe it was like built on the Mega Man engine, right? Oh, that I didn't see that, but I'm sure it it looks like that makes so much sense. Like you look at it, it's like Mega Man. Yeah, I think there are a like cup a bunch of prominent Capcom games from that era that were just like built on the uh, the Mega Man engine. In fact, I think a lot of them were these like Disney tie-in games, um, mm-hmm. and Ducktales is one of them. Yeah, which is why it does have a very like it, it even has that duct uh, that Mega Man feel of like you like it's not a linear like one level to next. You get to pick which level you go to next totally it's like it lives on not only in like the visual style but like how the game kind of functions too it's pretty cool yeah um so uh this game was praised for its tight controls unique and as you said non-linear gameplay and bright presentation it's often regarded as one of the best titles on the nes and was even followed by a sequel in 1993 um, the story itself follows Scrooge McDuck traveling around the globe collecting treasure, as he does, and outwitting his rival Flint Heart Glom Gold uh, mm-hmm. to become the world's richest duck. Uh, he's aided by his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, uh, friend Webby, Mrs. Bleakley, and Launchpad McQuack, who all have different functions to help him out as you're controlling him in the game. Yeah. And I think um, Gyro, visits- Gyro Gearloose shows up in there, too, a few times. Oh, Gyro Gearloose. Yes. What a, also, what a, these names are incredible. Launchpad McQuack. Yeah. I think <laughs> I uh, most of those, yeah, no, I think Webby, Mrs. Beakley, and uh, Launchpad are all, we're all new to the DuckTales show. Everything else comes from, I think, you know, all of this is based on the Carl Sparks comics that I think go mm-hmm. date back to like, you know, the, the 30s. So yeah, Carl, a lot of these names come from, uh, or yeah, a lot of these names come from Carl Barks. Dang, that's so cool, man. This is see. This is why sometimes when I have a a guest on the show, they'll they're you know they'll when we're going through the game history and context, they might not have anything to offer, and we're getting comic book history with you. Ooh, yeah, I'm I, I know my um my duck family tree. I'm a big fan of like <laughs> going from my yeah from like I was I really loved like Ducktales both as a show and obviously a video game growing up, and mm-hmm. that kind of like uh got me into the the history of you know these characters where they came from and like uh a lot of the i i recommend those old, the a lot of the old carl barks uh comic like scrooge comics are great and they inspired stuff you may not even know about like a lot of like raiders of the lost ark is like lifted directly from like various scrooge comics whoa like yeah i, the, had, the, I had no idea yeah the boulder open like the boulder opening from rage of the lost ark is like taken directly from an uncle scrooge comic like spielberg and lucas has <laughs> have said as much oh my gosh that's so that's incredible yeah right Man, what ah, oh, truly any if you have stuff that you want to share like that anytime in the podcast i'm all ears i i kind of watched this um the show growing up a little bit too but i think it was a little before me sure i was born in in 1990 but i still definitely saw it on uh like afternoon tv yeah i think i think like the that disney afternoon block like aired pretty late into the uh 90s and ducktales was ducktales was a pretty um standard part of it for most of that run for should i do do people know what the disney afternoon is should i like explain that really quickly i don't know how old you're I think we your, should. your listeners are i think we should just to be safe the disney afternoon was like a syndicated block of animated shows that disney ran from like the late 80s until like the mid nine uh, i'd say mid to late 90s um that for a while just like it was like every it was kind of like this this um kind of like flow of like every year they would introduce and there it was four shows in a row every year they'd introduce a new show and then like one old show to get slid out so that's where shows like ducktales and gummy bears and goof troop and like tailspin and chippendale rescue rangers all 
originated. And it was like such like a huge thing growing up. Like you would like, like at least like for my era, like, you know, you would like race home every uh, after school every day to get to, to make it and watch the, the Disney afternoon. Mm-hmm. I remember at, I, I went to daycare for like when I was before I could like go to school school. And mm-hmm. I remember the same thing. Either I would get to like either I'd already be at daycare and that's what we would just glue our eyes to the TV for. Or I would, like you said, get back from like kindergarten or first or second grade. And same thing. I would, these are the shows we would watch. Yeah. These are the shows. And like, I think like I, I, I've, I feel like I could feel like a generational shift. I felt like, oh, I'm, I know I'm getting old when I started realizing like the things kids were coming home for were actually like Power Rangers and I couldn't mm-hmm. get into that. <laughs> and like, I was like, it, that was when like, oh, Disney, those Disney cartoons started to get phased out a little bit in their like cultural prominence with kids and, uh, and Power Rangers were taking over. And I was like, I guess like, this is, this is my first experience of like, you know, the world moving on without me a little bit. <laughs> and it's like you at, what age like 10 that that's happening yeah probably 10 i think like what, what so year did funny. power rangers come out like 92 93 that's when i would have been about 10 yeah yeah that's so, so funny like, i don't get it i could not yeah i did not i could not get into power rangers sadly yeah uh well hey it's it's not it's not for everyone i think i was into it briefly but then moved on to ninja yeah. turtles um what uh, understandably oh yeah i mean ninja um, turtles uh i might mean, say it vastly superior to uh power rangers love absolutely loved monster design in power in power rangers um i would like i do did have a couple of the toys of the monsters just because i thought they were such cool designs but Ooh. show itself meh, yeah couldn't get into that yeah. narrative We'll have to save uh, the Power Rangers game for for oh, another time. Yes, if there yes. Is one. You were t- you were talking about um, going home from school. Where are you from? I don't think I know where you grew up or where you're from at all. I am from. Um, well, I always say upstate New York. Really, it's more um, central New York. Uh, but it's just like every. Mm. I feel like everyone who's not from New York thinks of anything above New York City as upstate New York. So I just usually yeah. say upstate New York. But I'm from I'm from the Albany area. Oh, cool. You know what? I, f- I have like a vague, like, now that I've asked you this and you've answered, I'm like, oh, I feel like I've asked you this outside of a mock as I'm like Ooh. locking the gate to the clubhouse. I think you have. And I think maybe we had this conversation at that um, <laughs> at that launch day Smash Brothers party you had a couple of years ago. <gasps> yes. Ooh, that was oh. a good day. That was a fun day. D- that was a good day. And, and thanks for being a part of it. No problem. Even though I've never been, I was never able to master that, this, uh, this generation of smash. I, I, it was just beyond me. It's, it's definitely different. And especially like melee, it's very, very different, but, but that was still very fun. Um, well, cool. So that's all really all the game history and context I had to share. Let's, and before we talk about, I actually forgot to tell you this earlier before we talked about, um, uh, like your history with this specific game, I'd love to hear anything you want to share about your history with video games in general. Like maybe how you got into them to like, wh- do you play them now? Like I'd love to hear anything. Oh yes. I still play video games now. My, I mean, my initial history with, uh, um, uh, video games, like, okay. So we were like, we were like a household, like, I think I, I, you know, I was born in early in the, I'm going to say early eighties. Um, and you know, my parents were like no video game parents for like the first couple years of my life. Um, so like we were not ever allowed to get like a Nintendo or an Atari, any of that stuff. My parents were very like, my parents kind of like bought into the like video games, like rot your brain, uh, (laughs) hysteria of that era. Oh no. So so like we didn't get any video games and then like we did have a a a, a relative um who uh my relatives let's just say okay it was an uncle who had like a spotty like a spotty track record with jobs I'm going to say. Okay. Um <laughs> but like whenever he would get a new job, he would always kind of like go crazy with like gift buying. So, Mm. so I think it was like around like 88 or 89 when I was probably about like five or six, uh, that 
he just like sh- he he got a job and he just showed up one day at our house with a NES and like after that it was like oh it was like over it was just like okay like oh. like my parents like they could my parents could not like fight the fact that like we had an NES like in the house ready to play and like after that it was just like I it was just that just like opened the floodgates and I think like totally and I have a I had a lot of uh, brothers and sisters or I had I have uh, one brother and four sisters so like between us between like birthdays and holidays and just like you know spend and like saving up our own allowances mm-hmm. i think like we just had like every system under the sun like oh, i got a dream like, like i saved up for a sega my brother saved up for an snes like so you know and like we would have them in our individual rooms and we'd have to like take turns like going into like going to each other's rooms to play with the, like the various consoles um but yeah like i think it was That's just so like cool I, yeah it was just like looking back on that it was just definitely like my like I can't like uh my my family my parents were still are to some extent but back then were like very religious and you know mm-hmm. they were just like no video games and then just like that one thing and that one NES that one like uh, like uncle just bring it over to the house just like open those floodgates and it was like yeah we were just a video game house after that wow well th- I'm so glad that he did that and then that happened and it that also sounds just like such a little paradise with your with your siblings like everyone kind of having their own little console and also like teaming up to make that happen yeah, it, w- to where, it was so cool that was definitely nice i mean i won't say that like we uh we definitely like it definitely added to some like like we were definitely like at one point me and my brother were both very like like on the like into like the sega versus nintendo of uh, super nintendo war and we like would get oh. like very like angry at each other like within those arguments <laughs> Ooh, like which, uh and which side he, were you on i was on the sega side which i say like you know what i think like in retrospect i have to say i chose i chose the wrong side of that of that fight um not that like i don't have my fond memories about my sega and not that there aren't some sega titles that i will always love going back to play but on on a whole like i think i just have to admit the snes was a better system you know that just makes you that just makes you a big person hey you know i appreciate that we have to admit be able to admit when we're wrong about totally about 30 year old video game consoles uh and i can do that i can do that i'm big enough a person to say yes the sorry to my brother he was right the super nintendo was a superior system and you know it's great because after that you never did anything wrong the rest of your life you've been perfect Nope, that was the one thing that I got wrong. That was the one wrong opinion in the entirety of my life on this earth that I got that I got wrong. <laughs> it's true. But it's a big one. It's a big it one. It is, but hey, it's the only one, so you're okay. Yes. Um. So you you played. So you're playing all that growing up, and you kept playing games up until this point, basically. Yes, uh, you know, as with anything, I get you know you life get you get busier as you get older. So I don't have as much time in my life for video games as I once did. But I'd say like I'd say on average, at least once a year, there comes along a game that like entirely sucks me in, and I will play like. I will play almost like, you know, 100% like percent like, you know, so so at least once a year I do get sucked real hard into a uh, into a video game. I love it. I have I have similar things happen to me. Have you is there one like within the last year or recently that you played that did that for you? Uh, I'd say Control definitely like that was probably the most recent game that really sucked me in and uh, I'm not quite at the end of it yet but like I've been playing that pretty consistently um other reason oh before that like i i will always like a hundred like you know i will always finish a mario game so so mm-hmm. mario odyssey was a recent one obviously uh uh Zell, uh breath of the wild was one recently mm-hmm. um yeah so so you know i don't i i like i feel like i treat video ga- video games i treat very much like books where like i don't read a lot as much as i should either but once a, twice a year i will just like get like consumed by a book and like just like be like that's all that's all i'm doing until i'm done reading it and same with video games oh i can relate to that so much that is so much fun and that's like i mean if if you have the time for it that's kind of my favorite way to consume a video game is just get lost in it yeah so, so that's really cool to hear yeah i mean i feel like that is the like the joy of a really good video game is that it just like it it 
it does kind of like take you to a it's I mean it, it it feels a little like trite and obvious to say but like it is kind of like a, a really great video game is I feel is a transportive experience and it is it like mm-hmm. becomes like a thing that it becomes like kind of like all consuming uh which sounds kind of bad but I don't know like I like I I have such fond memories of like the time in my life when like everything in my life was about like playing Kingdom Hearts 2 or something like that I remember once uh calling a like we were I remember like this was like over 10 years ago but when i like when i was super into kingdom hearts 2 and like we were almost 100 percenting it and like we couldn't did you ever play kingdom hearts 2 i haven't played the whole series but it's always been one that has just intrigued me Ooh, i love i love the first two kingdom hearts honestly kingdom hearts 3 was a little bit of a letdown um but kingdom mm. hearts 2 i was super into and like one of like the side quests was like you had to find like all of Winnie the Pooh, all the pages to the book of the Hundred Acre Wood. It was like this Winnie the Pooh side quest. Oh my gosh. It was like the hardest side quest in the game. And like we had a friend who like a hundred percent of the game. So like I remember we were just like so desperate and we like called him one night to be like, we need to like like y- you know where these pages are. Like or like we were just like it was an emergency. <laughs> we need to talk to you. And then like he called us back and he's like, What is it? And we we're like, Oh, it's like where the where's the last page from the hundred book of the hundred acre woods? And he was like, I'm at I, he was at his he was at his wedding rehearsal dinner. <laughs> No way. Yeah, yeah. But we were so like, he called us back. But I think we were like so frantic and we were like, uh, I guess that's technically, theoretically more important. Oh, that's incredible. Well, hey, that's just, that just shows how dedicated you are when you're in one of those situations. Yeah. I'm proud of you. You gotta, oh, you so gotta hundred cool. percent those games. Oh, so good. Um, all right. Well, let's, so I love, that was awesome to hear about like your history with games. Um, let's dive into your history with this game with DuckTales on the NES. Let's um, do it. First, yes. I guess I'd love to know, like, how did you discover this game? Do you remember like when you got it or anything around that? Um, yeah, I can't, I mean, I would say I will. This is like one of my definitely one of my early outside of, you know, the original Mario Brothers. This is like one of my earliest video games memories. Most of my very early gameplay experiences came from the uh, from renting games, which I don't know, like mm. being like, you know, a little young, like a little younger than I am. I don't know if like that's an experience you shared, but, you know, yeah. it was a pretty ritualistic thing uh, for for me and my siblings on like Friday night to go to my parents took us to like the local video store um we got to pick out like one game maybe if we were lucky we got to pick out like two games um mm-hmm. and like that was like your entertainment for the weekend oh, like yes. so there was I did the so same much thing. like I, i'm loving this yeah so there was like i remember like it was crazy that there was like so much writing on picking out like this one game because like this one game was going to like make or break your entire weekend. So I feel like that's why in general uh, we gravitated to those kind of like tie-in titles a little bit more. Um, You know, this was like pre-internet, like the only access you had to, you know, video to video game info was like maybe if you like had a game pro or a like nintendo power and we didn't even get those Mm -hmm. those as kids so you know we took you know you you had you were your your game choice was always a gamble so i think you always we always gravitated towards like tie-in games because it was like well this is at least i already like kind of this is already linked to a property or characters that i like um so it felt like a safe you know it feel it felt like a safer bet um even though in retrospect you look back and you're like oh a lot of so many of those tie-in games were like complete trash um yeah (laughs) i can kind of vaguely remember like i didn't know like going in that there was going to be like a ducktales video game um maybe i saw ads for it early in like comic books and like i can like vaguely remember seeing like ads for it in like comic books uh mm-hmm. very early on um but like yeah like so i think that was my first time playing it was just like getting to get it from the the local video store and it was like oh it was like a game that was like when it was first released would be like sold at like you know rented out like crazy so like oh, the yeah. uh, you know and so i can remember 
remember like going to that store. I think the name of our, our local video uh, chain, we didn't have Blockbuster or like Hollywood video or any of that stuff. We had a chain called Video World. And I remember like video going World. to Video World a couple weekends in a row and DuckTales always being sold out. It always being uh, like so, so devastating because like I wanted to play it so bad. And then like that first weekend when it was like we got there in time, DuckTales was still available and we could rent it. And it was just like it made it, it made my life. And then it turned out to be like oh. like such an amazing game yeah luckily like it is one of those like kind of like we you were alluding to earlier the few tie-in games that is not only good but it's like excellent and it's on so many top 10 like nes games list it's yeah. like dang I, i'm glad that when you finally got it it ended up like being so great yeah i mean and like yeah uh yeah like if you look at like you know there, I think I was reading that there, like there. I don't know if I'd go this far, but there are like lists that put it as like the number one NES game, which I'm like, I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, but you know, sure. definitely if you're put in a top ten, could not disagree, could not uh, disagree with that, could not fight that. Totally, at least it's worthy of being in the conversation, which is absolutely uh, an honor, so. Yeah, and so then, like, like it was one of those get perpetual, like, it was one of those, like, perpetual rent titles for a while. Like, we would, mm-hmm. like, oh, my family would always rent it. Uh, you know, we'd rent ever like, probably once a month, that would be the game we rented from the, videos, from the video store. It was definitely, like, a big sleepover game when I had friends over or when I, or when I would go over to friends' houses. We would, like, you know, that would, that would be a big sleepover title. Uh, and Ooh, I think funny. eventually, like, my parents realized they were just, like, renting it so much that they were just like well fine we'll just we just buy this thing that's i love that that's like breaking the parents down to where like well it actually costs us less to buy the game yes yes <laughs> oh i love that um i feel like i had a, a a thought uh oh this game i have a i actually had a question for you was um i could have looked this up earlier was this a cartridge that could save or would you have to play the game in one sitting not a save of? cartridge uh you had to okay. play, yeah, you definitely had to play the game all in one sitting Oh, no, I was say, yeah, which uh, I, I don't know what the first like NES did not have a lot of save cartridges. And I feel like that always like I like just I was replaying the game for um, for the show, just to, like re, kind of like refamiliarize myself with it. And the, I was playing it on the the Disney Afternoon collection that the that came out for the PlayStation and a couple other like oh, current yeah. generation co- uh, consoles. Um, and that and that. uh game does have a both a re, like a save feature and a rewind feature but i was like i want to like recreate the experience of what it was like to play this like as a kid so i didn't save i didn't rewind and i was like man i was like i feel like i was such like a more patient person back then when i was playing these mm-hmm. games because like the ex, like it's like oh yeah you forget what it was like to be like like you you die like three times and you're just starting over from like square one oh my goodness yeah. It's, a, it's like a different world. Like I've yeah. revisited some games recently that have a it's like, are in like a similar constr- or have similar constraints, I would say, and I'm like, "Wow, I really just had to like bear down and just deal with it." And it's yeah. I don't I don't have that patience anymore. Oh, yeah. And it made I feel like it made video, but it did like it did make like beating games such like a huge accomplishment because like you literally had to do 100 percent of it. Like, like, you know, you had like you were starting over from scratch every time. And also like, you know, I had like sibling, I had like so many siblings that it was always like, you know, it wasn't like it was never like like, okay, you know, you get like half an hour you get half an hour it was just always like you know okay it's your turn you die like you die and, and control, you controls pass on to the next sibling so it was like there was like a, such high stakes of like you got like mm-hmm. the set like if you died if you if you, it was game over it was like fuck like you were gonna get to play again for like you know probably an hour or two totally like starting over is its own punishment but like not being able to even play is like another level yes yeah so so yeah but like i i you know i i remember just rolling with it and and do and being cool with it as a kid so uh yeah i just feel like oh yeah this generation of video games have made me a lot less like patient for that stuff like playing like you know i like even like playing control which will backtrack you a little bit after you die i'm like i gotta like play this like three minutes of gameplay over again it's so mm-hmm. like i get so annoyed by it totally i've i've I, like i think i was playing i've been playing the new um final fantasy 7 remake have you played that at all Ooh, no but i am thinking about getting about playing that 
Um, I'm a big fan. I, I love there. I have my complaints for sure, but overall, I'm really enjoying it. I'm almost near the end, and that game kind of does the opposite of the old games, where it's just like, or and even a little bit more of a higher quality of life when it comes to what you're saying about control. Is that like I swear you lose a battle, and it's just like, would you like to start from the beginning of the battle? I don't even have to backtrack. It's it's like so. I live such a cushy life now. Yeah, I know. We're so spoiled. We're so privileged with these modern video games. Even just like and like you know, even just like thinking about like the accessibility kids have to video games now, mm-hmm. like that like. I like, you know, they're like, you're never gonna like if 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 you want to play like a video game you, like de- so desperately like you as a kid could like play it like right now there's none of that mm-hmm. like oh it's sold out at the it's 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 rented out at the at the at the video game store at the rental yeah. store like there's like I can I just can't imagine I, it's so weird for me to think about like how kids don't have to deal with that today like my little nephew has a just plays all his video games on like an iPad now and it's just like oh I want to play like Bendy and the ink machine or whatever that is i don't know it's just like a game i know he's obsessed with and it's like oh it's like oh you click three buttons and you're playing bendy in the ink machine we had to drive to the video game we had to drive to the rental store and then sometimes the game we wanted wasn't even there most of the time truly there were so many more barriers of entry that yes. we had this is this is definitely the the back in my day it is very back in my day but <laughs> i guess it's true it's true yes things are there harder are some, uh, First video game players. Um, sometimes on the show, and it, it'll I'll let it happen organically if it does. But I'll pitch like a fake segment that, as if it's one we always do, but it's specific to like the show, the episode we're doing. But this, the back in my day segment, is one that just happens on the show because that's what this is about, <laughs> basically. Yeah, it ha- that kind of makes sense. We are kind of talking about like back in my day uh, with the, uh, my video games. Uh, my generation of video games was the best. But uh, no, I get. Yeah, it's like it's it's. I get it. It's it makes sense. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. Um, yeah. Well, so what did you, what do you remember, uh, like I've got a really great idea of like when you played it and like some other stuff and feel free to share more too, but I also want to know, like I got to watch some videos on this. I've actually never played this game, but what did you love about this game in particular? What do you remember enjoying? I remember it being very, you know, I, like I said, like I loved the show DuckTales. Um, you know, I really loved it both as, you know, a comedy show and like a straight up adventure show. Best of both worlds right Best there. Best of both worlds. Yeah. Like Hannah Montana said, that's what she was singing about. The <laughs> DuckTales, she was, uh, <laughs> yes. Playing that DuckTales video game. But I do feel like, I, f- I feel like this is one of the best, I, w- I will go to bat for this, is one of the best, if not the best, like tie-in title ever. Um, mm-hmm. Because I feel like it really, with especially with like the limited resources it has as an 8-bit game, it really, really captures the kind of, you know, sense of exploration and discovery that the show had like it was very it felt very evocative of the show you know i i I feel like the worlds are like they aren't really like they obviously aren't really open-ended worlds they're pretty they're pretty limited in scope but by kind of making every world very like maze-like with lots of different like like you know paths you can take or like little like treasures to discover that you wouldn't necessarily discover on every playthrough really like help to like enhance the idea that like oh you are like scrooge mcduck on like the hunt for Mm -hmm. like these rare treasures and like you like you know you were kind of like you kind of had this big world to explore even like though in retrospect it wasn't that big and like you know even (laughs) and and, like even just the from the the outset of like you know you get to choose where you're going like you like the game starts with like scrooge at like this big computer and like you're like okay like where do you want to go next like where and like i think you i think we had you had five you had five levels you could choose from you could choose from the amazon the himalayas uh transylvania the african mines or the moon um and like (laughs) it was just like so it was like it just like on this adventure deciding where you wanted to go deciding like once you got there what paths you were going to take you know i watched like gameplay footage now and it's like oh like people do speed runs of this game in like seven minutes and it feels so weird to be like i spent hours like like to like you you can beat a game in seven minutes that took me like hours and hours to beat um truly but like i think it like just really like of like every like a good tie-in game should do it evokes the spirit of the thing it's recreating perfectly 
Yeah, that's really, as you were saying that, I was feeling a very similar thing. And I think that's probably what separates great tie-in titles to from from like the mediocre or bad ones is like you just and this is something that's kind of come up before on the show I, I had Mia Schaffler on and we talked about a SpongeBob game and she loved that game most like the big reason was because you could just basically live in the SpongeBob world and you're doing SpongeBob stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Like, I think, which which SpongeBob game was it? This was uh, The Revenge of the Flying Dutchman. So not Ooh, Battle I haven't for the Bottom. I haven't played that one, but uh, I will. But um, but yeah, like I feel like, and it, it's it's not just about like capturing like the kind of like visual spirit, uh, the visuals of the show, or the kind of like you know I can remember like playing like very specifically like I can remember playing like the Ren and Stimpy game as like Sega <laughs> game or like the Beavis and Butthead uh, Sega game growing up, and like those kind of very like superficially captured the like the kind of, you know, gross out feel of those shows. It's like, oh, like, you know, you attack your enemies with burps and farts and, you know, <laughs> great, great starting point for a game. But like, yeah. it didn't feel like, but it still was a very, or like, did, did you ever play like the, the, the Wayne's World Sega game? No, I didn't. Oh my God. Where like, you're like Wayne and like, it's, it's this like, like you are Wayne and Garth, but like, but like you go into like a music store and like evil, like music notes are like attacking you and you have to like yeah. beat them up. Like, it's like, it's just like, it does it, it, you know, it, it captures me. It doesn't, it captures the aesthetics of like the show or the movie or whatever it's capturing, mm -hmm. but it doesn't like capture, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't incorporate that into the gameplay or the, the, you know, just spirit of the game. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's, I feel like capturing the, the tone of a show is so much more about, or, or a movie is so much more about like capturing, like, you know, infusing that into the gameplay. And obviously maybe that mm -hmm. means there are certain properties that are better suited for it, but like, you know, this mm -hmm. really felt like, you know, you were playing an episode, uh, or several episodes of DuckTales as opposed to just being like, you know, uh, like you're, you know, like they, they put thought into like what that meant and, and how that translated into the gameplay. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I would assume, especially having not played this game, but that's probably why this game and others, you know, that have that similar, um, effectiveness and, and taking it from like property to game is it why those stand out is because it's so satisfying in that way. It's like you said, not only aesthetically, um, you know, like the property that it's that it is, but the gameplay works for it. And yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, you know, I'd like, yeah, I've, I mean, I've played so many, like, even up until, like, today, like, I've played, like, so many, like, tie-in games. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, like, you know, like I said, like, you know, I think, you know, tie I think I do feel like the, the tie-in game is, like, a little bit of a lost art now. We just don't, like, get as many, like, the fact that we're getting, like, our first, like, Avengers game this year, and it's not even, like, a direct, it's not even, like, the movie yeah. Avengers. Like, they stopped making, like, MCU video games. I think, like, Captain Captain America, uh, the first Captain America movie was the last one to get like a full tie-in mm -hmm. game. It's like crazy to me, um, but I do think it's because you know I don't I I don't know I've done a lot, like this reflecting on this game made me think a lot about like why aren't we getting like tie-in games anymore? And I think it's a little bit is because you know the the culture is like we don't really have the like you know omni culture that we did back in like the you know like eighties and nineties where where you know everyone kind of was into the same thing, you know, like I feel mm -hmm. like the culture is so varied now that, you know, you know, things that can be oh. considered hits would are probably not going to make a profitable video game. You know, like I would, I'd play a, like, you know, a Shit's Creek point and click adventure, but I don't know how many oh other people goodness. would. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. But also I think it is just that like, you know, we live in a world where video games are so accessible and like, you know, if, if there's a, if there's a great game, like it's not going to stay hidden anymore more so like companies just don't need to rely on like the like fall back on like the familiarity of of you know whatever of of, of marvel or or star wars or whatever to be like okay like like we need this to like sell people on a game totally uh there's so many like just i'm even thinking back to like the early 2000s when like every lord of the rings game had like a really great tie-in on like the main consoles but they also had like game boy advance games too like that yes sort of this sort of thing was 
<clears throat> way more common in the past uh and i it's something that i like miss and long for as ooh, well. yeah i mean i remember ooh, those lord of the rings games i think i played all of the i think i played all the the main trilogy games on uh, so good on the gamecube and they were so good i think the two towers one i remember i have vague memories of it but i remember the two towers one being like really fun yeah i had both the two towers and return of the king but i don't think they actually had a fellowship one but i'm not positive on i that, think I might be confusing because do you remember? I think this was actually, uh, and now I know we're getting off topic from DuckTales, but do you remember? Okay. Do you, I think I'm actually thinking about the fact that Xbox, the original Xbox, put out like a Lord of the Rings game like prior to the movies. Maybe they did because I definitely had a set of like, it was like a four disc Fellowship of the Ring or Lord of the Rings computer game that I n- never played much of yeah I, that might that might be the same thing i think that is like because i remember it being like a big like like and this was like early this was very i think this was like late 90s early 2000s like right before and they were like oh like xbox like microsoft is doing like a big like like you know like lord of the rings game and then like it, and i remember getting it i remember my brother got it one christmas and then it wasn't well it wasn't that like great but um but yeah. but like i remember that that two towers tie-in game where like you could i i I think that's like another like example of like okay they got like the game the they they got the gameplay to match like the spirit of the movie where you could like because I remember you could you would switch between Gandalf, um, uh, Aragon, and like who's the third person and. I think you also got to do Legolas and Gimli. Yes, that's right. So like it really so fun. It captured just the feel of like you're like you're this band of like adventurers going in like different directions um, that I think was like really like crucial, like why those movies were great. And like tying out of the game was like part of that, too. Um, so like, yeah, so uh, I know we're, we're kind of far from DuckTales, but but yeah, like um, I miss the I miss tying games like this. I miss the I miss that art of like of like and like because like there'd be so many so many of them were just like straight up turds. But like every once in a while you'd hit like a like just a, like a real like golden mm-hmm. uh golden egg like like ducktales uh or lord of the rings or or uh, i'm hesitant oh do you ever play do you ever play uh the chronicles of riddick escape from butcher bay no never Ooh, great chronic the chronicles of riddick tie like tie-in game is fantastic uh see it's like I I'm with you. I'm like I was totally okay to wade through all of the turdy ones to just get those gems that would come, even if they were more more rare. It was like so worth it for me. And in like in all honesty, it's like I don't know if the ratio is that like crazy, you know? Like it's it's like it's probably the 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 ratio of like turds to like gold is probably this about the same as just like if you're playing any like normal like playing any non time video games. Yeah, that is probably true. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, was there was there anything else that you didn't get to share either about like what you loved about playing the game or like anything that you that was like special to you from like the context of when you played it that you uh, didn't get to share yet? Oh, I mean, I think like just I do have really distinct like I, I I can remember the the first time I beat this game it was at a sleepover like me and my friend like stay it was like I think like I feel like I was like eight or nine at the time and I can remember uh-huh. be, like being up it was I think it was like one of the first times I can like specifically remember like being up like past midnight uh <sighs> Sneaking awesome. like kind of like my friend had a like the his TV and his NES in his room. So like after we went to bed, I can remember like sneaking out to play uh, to play DuckTales. And like we just like stayed up like I'm sure like it was like in reality, like we snuck out of bed at like 930 and played until like, yeah. you know, like 1245. <laughs> but like at the time it felt like this is crazy. We're up so late. And like just that feeling of accomplishment when we like beat it and for the first time like ugh, like i remember how imp- like important was me like to see um like end um like like end like end cut scenes in video games like yeah. it felt like such like a huge victory it sounds like such a prize so like just like remember that was a very uh fond memory of like that first time i beat this game and it's it's like That's it's so honestly cool. hard to beat now like i try to play it again and like i can't beat it <laughs> even on easy wow. setting Dang, it's, I loved, man, those, 
that little story in itself is like so awesome. That's like a kid's movie I would want to see. It's just like two friends stay up to play the video game and beat it together. But that Absolutely. also was like it like I think this also was kind of what we were talking about in having access to so much today and how it's so different from maybe when we were growing up. But like, yeah, the satisfaction of really having to slog through these older games with less quality of life improvements and just how satisfying that was really was special so that's really cool to hear about your experience with ducktales i love that yeah it was uh i it's still why it's like it's such a nostalgic rush for me to come back to that game i feel like i come back to this game more than any game in my life um and even as i get you know as i get older and i can like kind of realize you know it's 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 weird to play this game now and be able through like adult eyes be like oh like i can like recognize the tricks they're doing now to like make the mm-hmm. game feel bigger that made it feel so big like it's a you know like i said it's a game you if you wanted to you could beat it in under 10 minutes but as a kid it felt so big and and took me to this world the the world of this show that i really loved um that it's still like you know i still love it that's amazing uh well well thank you for sharing uh with uh all about your love and your and your history with uh ducktales on the nes before we wrap up and do plugs i have two uh fun segments uh that i want to do at the end of the show how does that do it All right, so the first fun segment is the Fact Me by Your Game segment, which is a segment where I basically just tell uh, things to my guest about the game. These can be anything from just facts, development history, or Easter eggs, but I've got three to share with you. Okay. Um, Did you know that there are three possible endings to this game? I literally discovered that like this week. Ooh, very cool. Um, Yes. Do you... Everyone's pretty probably pretty familiar with the normal one where you beat it with a certain amount of money and you just have your normal chest. Yeah. There's the one that's like if you earn like a ton of money that you that he's like Scrooge McDuck is like sitting on top of a uh like a giant like like one of his I guess towers of <laughs> like coins. Yes, yes. Um, but the one I wanted to share about was um the one where you can actually if you can defeat the final boss with zero money you unlock an ending where with the uh, newspaper at the end that like sort of wraps up the story it says like scrooge mcduck is like has like lost all of his money trying to find the five treasures yes um did you see did you learn how you can do this yes i did uh do you want me to share that yeah, please. <laughs> okay, so it's very tricky, and it does seem like this is probably something that they they decided they like basically took out of the game at the last second, or made it almost impossible to actually accomplish. <laughs> but um, you can only you can only get to that ending if you have zero dollars in your uh, <laughs> your bank account or Scrooge's bank account at the end of the game, um, and. And, like, if you get to the final boss, you automatically get, like, what is it? You automatically get $6 million or something like Mm -hmm. that. Basically, you have to, but but you can, like, get a a health boost if you you press select and that that spends $3 million. Like, you get a health boost for $3 million. So you have to go mm-hmm. into the final boss battle with an with an exact multiple of 3 million. And how wild and, is that? Yes, yes, <laughs> and then use and then take enough damage that you can do that twice. And if you and that's and you have to and that's how you get that ending. But it's very complicated. You have to go into the final boss battle with exact like 3 million, 6 million, 9 million, however much, then then spend it all in that boss battle. I didn't like I didn't even know that you could like get a health boost by pe- by pressing select. Like it's so crazy that I am oh. still learn like 30 years on, I am still learning new stuff about this game. That is really cool Ugh, and so funny. Um, it seems like one of those things that if I if it was a game that I loved, I'd be like, you know, I don't need to do that. I'll watch a YouTube video and see someone do it. And That's how I felt about that. it. Yeah, like I felt like yeah. uh, um, I don't know if I'm ever going to like enter like like I, I like watching those speed runs and like secret endings. But it's just like I don't know that I get I don't know that I get much more like uh, accomplishment out of doing it. than I do just like watching it. Totally. Um, well, cool. Well, that was the first one. Um, the second one 
is that this is more of just like a little anecdote, a little fact. Um, this uh, was actually the second collaboration between Disney and Capcom. It's not the, f- but it is the first uh, developed game by Capcom. There was a game called Mickey's Mousecapades that uh, Capcom helped basically port to the NES. Yes. Um, but it wasn't developed by them. Yes, I, d- I definitely played Miss, Miss, Mickey's Mousecapades. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, and then the last fact I have to share is that this is uh, this was the highest selling Capcom game during this entire era. Sold more than even any of the Mega Man games Ooh. at 1.6 million. Um, and then did you have the Game Boy version as well? I did not. I I know it. One of the my parents would never let us get handheld systems because they were like, "That's too far." Like, we won't let you like. We don't want you like playing video games like literally all the time wherever you go. Yeah. So no, um, I never got to play the the Game Boy version. Gotcha. Well, that one also sold really well. It sold one point four million. So wow, yeah. super well for I Capcom. Did, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about B. What, what is what to now? What is the highest selling Capcom game? Do you know? Oh no! Let's let me let me let's Google that real quick. Cap let's find that out. Highest selling game ever. That ought to do it. All right. Um. Oh, okay. Apparently, uh, that would be Monster Hunter World at eleven point nine units. What is? Wow. Oh then, my god! Then it's like all Resident Evils and and one Street Fighters in there. Oh man. Uh, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um. Dang. All those. Yeah, you get the Resident Evil game. I, I forgot that. Man, I forgot. What a weird. Like what a weird history Capcom has a game. Like, like I I associate them so much with like that. Like my first thought of of Capcom is like their Disney tie-in games, then Mega Man, and like I forget that. Like oh yeah, they transitioned so hard into like fucking like gore like gore porn <laughs> video games. <laughs> just such a stuff so different if you would have like not like seen capcom for 20 years and then seen capcom 20 years later you'd be like holy shit what happened yeah yeah like you're in a co- uh, like you wake up in a co- you're in a coma for 20 years and like i yes. might wake up you're like i've got just i'm playing the f- what's happened with capcom i have to play the first capcom <laughs> game and it's not and you're expecting it to be like you know like donald duck's uh like you know sa- uh, space adventure space adventure <laughs> and instead it's like you're fighting like like a like a like a legless like tentacle grandma in like a house yeah that's also hilarious to me that the person's first question out of a coma is how's capcom What's it? Yeah, specifically, not, not, not like even like what like what video games are hot it's like specifically what capcom game what's 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 up with capcom today that really is uh, truly cracking me up yeah. right now oh that's so good um well that's the end of the fact to me by your game segment i have one last segment for you okay this is the game recommendation segment um i always do this segment on the show i recommend three games to my guest and and mostly the listeners as well because um at the end of uh the movie this is my one tie-in to the movie at the end of call me by your name Elio obviously moves on from his relationship with Army Hammer's character, and like many times in real life, uh, people move on to other relationships. Sometimes people date someone who is very, very similar to the last partner they had. Sometimes it's someone wildly different. Sometimes it's something out of left field, so that's kind of where this whole segment came from. Okay. so basically, if you my I have a modern recommendation for you to a game that it, it struck me being similar to this not only in its art style but in uh scrooge's uh cane jumping mechanic okay and that game would be shovel knight um which is from 2014 do you you're familiar with shovel knight? I, I do i have played shovel knight oh cool does this is that does that uh remind you at all is it similar at all Ooh, absolutely DuckTales? i think that is a good call yes like uh i i even think like i wouldn't be surprised if the makers of shovel knight were ex like uh, uh inspired to some extent by ducktales because yes the he uses shovel knight uses his shovel in much the same way that uh scrooge uses his uh cane which is he uses it both to like he kind of uses it as a like scrooge he's he's not enfeebled at all he does not need a cane he kind of just uses it as a weapon <laughs> or a mode of transportation really? he will hit a um he'll he'll you kind of use it as a golf club to like whack stuff or he'll use it as a pogo stick to like to like jump on stuff mm-hmm. so good um so that that was kind of like when I, as soon as i saw was watching gameplay from this i immediately thought of shovel knight yes i think that's um, a great call 
Awesome. Uh, something I wanted to give in my next recommendation is something different. One thing that I took from this game was obviously we talked about it so much on this episode was the tie into the property DuckTales. Yes. So I wanted to find another highly uh, regarded Disney tie-in game um, that you might be interested in. And hearing that you've played uh, the Mario Galaxy games and Mario Sunshine uh, makes me think you might like this game. And that is... Epic Mickey, which is on the Wii from 2010. Ooh, you know what? I've never, I, I read a lot about Epic Mickey, but I've never played Epic Mickey. Neither have I. And then, when, Joan, when I was looking this up today, looking, finding recommendations to give you, I saw a review from it and I went on eBay and bought it for $5. What, wait, what did you buy it for? Did you buy it for the Wii? For the Wii, yes. Do you still, you still have your Wii hooked up? Oh yeah, I've got. Well, I I usually will play Wii games using my Wii U because it has an HDMI connection, so it looks a little better. Yeah. But I do have my Wii out right now because I've been capturing GameCube footage. So, oh nice. Yeah. So yeah, so that was my. But uh, but it's like a it's kind of like a big adventure game like that. It, apparently, it's got really great story. It's really funny. The characters are great, but a, I guess the controls are a little wonky. So that's the one thing about that game. Okay, okay, but I'll check it. I love that. I'll check that out. Heck yeah! And um, do you still have a Wii? Um, I have my. Wii. Wii U. It's not hooked up, but I have my Wii U. Oh, cool. Well, if I like this and you ever want to borrow it, you're more than welcome to. Absolutely. I appreciate um, that. You bet. And then the last recommendation, I always try to do one that's out of left field. Uh, and this recommendation might not come as a surprise, but I just couldn't get away from the from the ducks in this game. And this is a similar animal, but I wanted to recommend to you Untitled Goose Game uh, from 2019. Um. You know what? I've I've never played it, um, and I've obviously heard amazing things about it. Um, so yeah, maybe you know uh, I've been kind of uh, I'm actually playing now. I've I've finished uh, Ducktales. I'm playing uh, because the the uh, the collection I got off PlayStation also has Ducktales too. So I'm trying to beat that right mm. now. And then when I'm done, maybe it's just yeah, I'll just like slide right into another foul, like waterfowl game. That's that's your corner right there. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe that'll be my new, next Twitch show. Just like you know waterfowl gaming <laughs> i love it um well yeah so even that's like a way different game than ducktales i felt i thought that'd be a funny recommendation i like but... it no and i you know what i need i needed someone to kick me in the pants a little bit to play that so maybe that'll be the next game i download yes perfect Awesome. Well, cool. Well, that'll wrap up for the gaming recommendations. And that also brings us to the end of the show. Um, so before uh, you plug and you can plug as much stuff or as little as you want, uh, I just wanted to say thanks so much for coming on the show. And I, I know we got to say this, I think, off mic, but it's been it's this is show still doing the show during quarantine has been really nice because not only have I been able to, um, you know, at least meet up and like talk and hang out with a friend for an hour like we're getting to do but like the show was doing for me before quarantine it's an awesome excuse to like get to know somebody a little better so joan thank you so much i really appreciate it my pleasure and i you know uh it's very reciprocated both getting to know you a little better and just you know uh getting to do friends shows like this has been a very uh nice outlet um you know creatively and just both socially in this very weird time so i really appreciate appreciate you having me on absolutely um well great well what uh go ahead and plug whatever you'd like to plug and then i'll plug some stuff and end the show sure 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 um you can uh i'm on twitch right now uh i've been doing a lot of twitch stuff including playing ducktales um since uh uh since since quarantine has started so uh you can find me on twitch as uh joan haley ford j-o-a-n-h-a-l-e-y f-o-r-d i think that's like twitch.tv slash joan haley ford um i have a i have a weekly uh music video show uh where we watch music videos and drink wine and dance it's called wine's day it's every saturday at 9 p.m uh pacific i should say um and then you can also find me on twitter and instagram as joan haley ford um and oh uh the the more the the cartoon show i wrote for uh Thundercats Roar is currently airing on Cartoon Network. Uh, we are right now, new episodes are airing every Saturday at 
10.30 a.m. I do think we're going to go into a little bit of a hiatus uh, soon. Um, but then pretty soon, I think by sometime in mid-May, they're going to start airing uh, reruns on a week, on a daily basis. Um, so just check, yeah, check your uh, local, uh, your cable provider, or I don't know, however you watch TV now. Check out Thundercats <laughs> Roar. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. That's awesome. I'll definitely put it in the in our show description when it drops. Um, this show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. You can find him on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime, on Instagram at Scaremy Schmidt, and I would always I always recommend it recommend on this show to listen to his show, Video Games, a comedy show. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. That is all the plugs I have today. We'll see you on the next one.